you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for being here. Be sure to go to all of our channels on youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss. See everything we're reading and reviewing over there. Go to all of our groups, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, the big 132,000 group LinkedIn thing, and make sure you subscribe to the LinkedIn newsletter. That thing is killing it over there. It's freaking crazy what's going on linkedin is really becoming a thing if you haven't gone over there and checked it out anyway guys we have an amazing uh, gentleman on the show he's gonna be talking to us about himself what he does and how he does it roger williams is on the show with us he is a writer podcaster adventure and chief crosser offer of his bucket list after more than 30 years working in the youth development and teaching field a year in quarantine and two heart attacks roger embarked on an adult gap year to prioritize a life which he is known which he which is known not by his professional work but by the way he lives his life and the people he grows relationships with now he is traveling around the world to cross off his bucket list and inspiring other people to do the same and he's here to inspire us welcome to show roger how are you I'm doing great, Chris. I appreciate the time. And uh, buongiorno from Trieste. Italy. There you go. What a beautiful place. Give us your plug so we can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, I have a podcast called The Crossing It Off Podcast, and it's available everywhere from uh, all the streaming services, as well as you can now listen to it on Facebook Mobile, and it's available on YouTube. Awesome sauce. Awesome. Yeah, and I have a pretty solid uh, following on Instagram where you can follow my adventures and the things that I'm doing and I'm crossing off my list. And you can get there at cross at offer. Awesome. So tell us more about what you do. Let's uh, identify a few things. What is a uh, gap year? I'm not familiar with that. Okay. So a gap year is typically a European event that students take in between graduating from high school and graduating from college or going to college. And then also it can be done after college as well. And it's kind of a time to find yourself, experience the world and try to figure out what you want to do with your life. So now is that like a sabbatical or is it just different? It's just different for the, for students, for young people, it's typically planned out. They're usually doing things. It's not like sitting on your couch and playing video games for a year. It's actually doing intentful things to better yourself as a human and better and prepare yourself for school or life. For me, I just decided that I was going to take an adult one and uh, take a year off from working. So I quit my job yeah. last October. And so I'm out just doing things I enjoy doing. So what motivates you that? You mentioned you had two heart attacks, went through some different things. What brought you to this point of, is this a new career move and stuff for you? Yeah, it's. I don't say it was a career move as much as it is. I mean, definitely not doing what I used to. But it, but it was a couple of years ago, I had a heart attack. We were going through quarantine. And a lot of people, as we've seen this great resignation, have decided that they don't want to be recognized for the work that they do. They want to be known for more than just their labor. And mm-hmm. I was going through that same 
you know, dilemma in my head. Who am I? What am I doing? How do I want to live my life? And I just decided that I want to become the head crosser from a bucket list. That's what I wanted to be known for. And so I changed my profile on, on all my socials and said, this is who I am. We always ask the question, what do you do? What do you do? And typically the answer is, what do you do to earn money or what do you do to sell your labor? And I just didn't want to answer the question like that anymore. I wanted to say, this is, I'm, I'm who I am is how I live my life and who I integrate my time with as far as relationships. So I started putting everything down on a piece of paper of things I wanted to do and things I wanted to cross off. And the first one I did was the Camino de Santiago in Spain. It's a 790 kilometer walk across Spain. Oh. And it, yes. <laughs> and I did that last August. It took me about 30 days. And I, when I came home, I had an employee, a, a direct report of mine say, Hey, I'm quitting like three days after I got home, I got just news dropped on me and we talked and she wasn't going to another job. She wasn't going to, she was just going to like slow down and stop for a while. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, you know, I started thinking about it for myself and about two weeks later, three weeks later, I decided to do the same thing. And really the impetus behind it was I got back from this, this amazing trip and I had made a reel on Instagram and it was just basically a slideshow of all the people that I had met along the way and taken selfies with. And I showed it to one of the other employees that I worked with. And I've been working for this, with this person for about five years. And she got done watching it and she looked at me and she goes, I've never seen you that happy. Wow. And I just thought about that. And I'm like, I've worked with you for five years and you haven't seen me that happy. I don't want, I don't want anybody to know me. Yeah. I don't want anybody to know me not like that. Right. I, I want people to know me in that state. And so I decided that I was going to quit my job and had to raid the the retirement fund and decided that I'm only going to do things that make me happy. And so that's what I've been doing for the last couple of months. And I'm currently on a three month track around the world to kind of write some books and, and see some friends that I met on the Camino and enjoy myself. There you go. So is, are you engaged in any sort of business? You mentioned that you're in trying to influence others to do the same thing or pursue their bucket list at the very least. Yeah. Um, that's the essence of the, the podcast that I started. Uh, okay. really, it really is um, just a chance for other people to share their stories of mm-hmm. how they've crossed off items off of their bucket list. So it's very specific. Each episode is different. I've interviewed lots of different people for lots of different things. I interviewed one person that learned to tap dance over 60, and I interviewed one person, <laughs> something she always wanted to do with her life, right? And then I interviewed someone that r- raised a million dollars for charity through her artwork. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah. So it's not just big things. It's small things. It's whatever. I don't judge the people that, that asked to be on the show. I don't judge their bucket list items because I don't want anybody to judge mine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so, cause like I just got knuckle tattoos, crossed that off my list. I had, oh, wow. yeah, something I always wanted to do. And it was a big step. I've, I've had tattoos. I've been tattooing for about 25 years on my body, but I kept my, my knuckles clean. And so, so I crossed that off by, putting, putting some words across my knuckles. So it's whatever is, is exciting to you. And that's for me, it's really what's actionable, mm-hmm. right? Cause a lot of people have dreams and dreams are good starter points, but you have to be able to actuate those goals. And so one of my dreams has always been to say live from New York, it's Saturday Night Live on that show. That's never going to happen, right? <laughs> that's, that's, well, it's the time. <laughs> most likely that's never going to happen. But I also would like to be an extra on a Star Wars movie or a TV show. I could probably get that done. 
right? I can network with people and try to make that happen. But but being a big enough star to to say those words across that stage, that's eh, probably not going to happen. So so I try to make things uh, actionable as possible that, that I can actually cross them off and say that. What you could do, you could go to the NBC studios where they host <laughs> that. And you could maybe bribe a page yeah. to let you go on stage <laughs> in off hours and just hit the note. Yeah. And, uh, you, could, you might try that. Hey. I, I want to do it on the, I've always thought about doing it. I've loved the show. I started watching it when I was eight, seven years old. You know, yeah. I've watched it almost every season, and it would be great to be in the skit on the show live saying those words. I just think that would be just outstanding. But it's just, you know, something probably I can't make happen. Yeah, I yeah. can make them. And then you could just make your own skits on Saturday Night Live where only every third one is funny. I'm just That's kidding. right. Yeah, I love, I, I, you know, like you, true. I grew up with SNL, so I'm, <laughs> I can yeah. hear that bashing. Because there were some years it was really bad. Yeah, um, I think that, yeah, that, that show, you just kind of have to take it for what it is. And it's definitely rooted in the context of time. Yeah. So I, I've never been one that's like, oh, it's so bad this year and it's so much better now. You're right. It, it's hit or miss. And Certainly the original ones where everyone was, was doing coke in the back were the best. <laughs> Right, That's exactly. my opinion. The first one, <laughs> but uh, we know. So, how do you help people? You're part of this great thing, and even I, during the COVID lockdowns, and a lot of my friends, we were kind of what I called the little foxhole of where I had a whole mess of friends. A lot of them I developed through the app Clubhouse, and we we're all sitting in line, uh, just talking about our lives and contemplating about stuff and reevaluating stuff. Because I'm like, sure. when de death is at your door and you went through two heart attacks, so I'm sure there was a, a mortality moment for you. When death is at your door and things can happen anytime, you really start evaluating your life. You're like, do I want to be working and just fall over one day? And a lot of men die earlier now more yeah. than ever. I mean, we, men, it's a weird thing that we have now where men die seven years earlier than women. Didn't used to be that way, actually. Right. We're working ourselves to death. And, and a lot of people are unhappy, miserable. And so I started looking at my life and tried to write a book for 10 years and finally sat down and said, write the damn book yep. and uh, got that done. And, but really I started looking when I come out of this, what am I going to do? And I think a lot of people like yourself did that. And there was a lot of arguments that I had and debates I had with people that were like, well, people aren't going back to work because they're getting uh, bonuses from the yeah, government. And, unemployment, and I'm yeah. like, no, I, I don't think that's why. I think there's something deeper. And I think people realize that. I think so many people realize that. They just uh, said, hey, man, this isn't worth it what I'm doing. And I'm not doing what I want to do. And like you mentioned, I think you really nailed on the head when you said, I don't want to be remembered by my work. Because usually most people, employers aren't going to put a plaque up. John was here and he gave his life mm -hmm. to, I don't know, uh, scrubbing toilets. And so I think it's I think it's commendable. Do you help people go down that path? And was it correct in my assessment? Yeah, I mean it's more of being an example for the mm -hmm. most part. I think that, like you said, I, we all have 165 hours in the week, right? Mm -hmm. and, if you, and if you sell 40 of those or 50 of those, that leads you to the 100, 125. And then if you sleep for 40, if you're lucky, <laughs> and you, if you sleep for 40 or 45, <laughs> that still leaves you with almost 70, 75, 80 hours a week. That's what I want to be known for. And I want to help other people be known for that. 
no, but not everybody has to quit their job and take out their retirement and take a gap year and do all those things. It's just, what do you, how are you prioritizing your life in such a way that you can look back and say, I did these things. I didn't just sit around and think about it or dream about it, but I actually did them. And that's what the show really tries to do. We try to, I try to give lots of varying options as far as guests go. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things is that at the end of the show, I tell folks, read the show notes, right? Mm-hmm. Because not only do we have, do we, do we give the uh, guests information so that they can get in contact with them or see some of their stuff? But we also have um, notes that should say, if you want to do this too, this is how you do it, right? If, if you want to raise money for charity, here's some of the things you can do. Here's some links you can go to. It's really trying to be a resource for people to, to begin to actuate them. I would love for people to listen to every single episode, but I'd also love for someone to say, I want to, I want to get this person's autograph. How do I do that? And I have a guest that his passion and his goal was to get Arnold Schwarzenegger's autograph. Wow. And listen to that. And, and then there's resources. How do you do that? Right. So it's really just trying to inspire and empower people through those stories uh, to actually go out and do stuff. And then I, I, you know, do try to do the same thing through my Instagram account, my Facebook account and just say, here's what I'm doing. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, it's just a matter of taking that first step. It's like you said, your book, it, it's that writing is hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And you really need to set aside time to really do it. So when I decided I was going to take this gap year, I'm like, I have some books in my head and I need to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they get published, whether I make a million dollars, whether I become a New York Times bestseller, I want to get these books out of my head. And that's going to take me isolating myself at some degree away from everything else, right? I'm in this, I'm in this uh, Airbnb in Triste, Italy, and I can't watch TV. I can't, I don't know the language very well, although I'm sure after two months I'll know it a lot better, but it's, it's hard to like see, go out and make relationships with people and just get distracted. So it's really why I chose to leave the States and come and actually do these things, right? And put pen to paper or type keys and, and actually get them out. Anything happens with them. Great. If not, I I at least got them out of my head. So, yeah, I got to tell you, I, I wrote my stories, some of my stories and the fun ones, the good ones, I guess, but the top ones, I suppose is a way of saying it and put them on my book. And I didn't realize that for 35 years, I've been wandering around retelling those stories Ah. as, uh, and the reason I was retelling them to everyone is I was being a historical, what they call in Africa, in the old tribesmen, a griot. And what that is, it's a verbal historian. And back in the day, they, they assigned a person to the tribe, you are the historian of the tribe. And so he would have to keep all those in his head and him telling those stories and repeating them. And why we tell stories as a humanity, why we have movies, why we have TV, why we have books. Stories are a way that we use to teach each other and help each other and entertain each other sometimes with with the happenings in life or values in life or stories of life, lessons that we can learn that are basically there. And so even old families used to sit around and either a father or a patriarch would be the storyteller or whomever. I mean, they even had female, I forget what they're called, griots in um, Africa as well. It just depended on who they picked as a historian. So I didn't realize that I was repeating these stories not so much to help other people, but to try and keep them from being lost in my memory, which some of them were. And, and when I wrote the book, I was like, oh, shit, that happened and that happened. And oh, my God, that I forgot about that. And they do start getting lost in the dust of your memory of time. And so it was so peaceful to finally get those stories 
onto Ooh. paper and page. And when I got my book published, I was able to go screw it. I don't have to remember that stuff anymore. <laughs> what's funny is I, what's funny is now whenever the stories come up, I'm like, just go read the damn book. The stories. Yeah. I feel the same exact way. I'm, yeah. I spent two weeks in Pamplona, Spain before mm-hmm. I got here to Italy. One of the books I want to write is a memoir about my father and I's relationship. And then my and a comparison contrasting that in my relationship that I have with my son all through the lens of professional wrestling, because we're all three fans in different generations, in different time frames, in different in the historical context of the wrestling industry. And so it was good to sit there and think about all those stories and think about those times I had with my dad and those times that I had with my son. And it, if the only person that ever reads it is my son so that he knows how important that was to me, that bond was created through that, that's good enough for me. I would love for other people to read it and go like, oh, wow, yeah, I want to bond with my child too. You don't have to do it through professional wrestling. That's not the point of the book. But it's what what bonds do you create and, and the importance mm-hmm. behind that. So let me, because there's people in the audience, I'm sure that are going to think, well, you know, why you're blowing your retirement thing. (laughs) What's the mindset behind that in the trade-off and and what you, in in deciding to do that? Because somebody's in the audience going, well, you're not going to retirement. What's the plan there? Well, you know, you use it or you lose it. And especially right right now, a lot of people are losing uh, in the market. So I actually was able to get uh, more money than I would have had. Now, yes, long term, I probably could have recouped that. But like I said in the beginning, when I decided to take this year, I said, I'm only going to do things I enjoy and things I like. And I like coming to Europe. I like being able to have the time to write a book. I like being able to visit my friends that I met in the community. Those are all wonderful things. And yeah, I'm trying to grow the podcast and write these books. And if I'm, and if those things become successful, fantastic. If not, I go back to work. I go back to being a teacher and we need a lot of right now. So I'm pretty secure that if I wanted a job next year, I could find one. So, so it's a decision of, do I hold on to it? And, and just like you said, do I want to keel over when I'm working one day and just keel over and never having enjoyed that? It's we're kind of the first generation that's not going to really pass on our wealth. Uh, to our children. And some of that has to do with us spending it, but some of it just has to do with the fact that there, there's not a lot out there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and you probably get paid more for what's going on nowadays. I mean, certainly uh, with everybody doing the great recession, res, whatever resignation, resignation. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm caught on that. Um, with everybody doing that, I mean, everybody's the people, it's crazy how many people need a job and everything else. One of the things about being an entrepreneur is you find you, you go search your passion and you go do your passion and that, and when you can find something you can make money on that you really love, that is your passion, that is your bucket list. For instance, I really love my podcast. I mean, we have some of the greatest people, researchers, historian, people's mm-hmm. people on the show that are, you know, anchors on, on news channels, great journalists, Pulitzer Prize winning people. We've had people on the show that have uh, consulted with the last six administrations, worked at the White House. Um, it's just extraordinary that people I have on my show and I love it because there's such a richness, richness. What the hell's going on? What is it? Thursday? A richness of people that are on my show that I, it's just so wonderful. And I get front seat with them. 
I get front seat to history. They spend tens of thousands of hours in research writing their books, and and I get to ask all the questions. We've had people on the show that have, have spoken in impeachment hearings, worked for the FBI, and i never seen the questions asked on media that I get to ask. Right. And so I finally get to sit down with them and ask them. I don't have the soundbite of what MSNBC or CBS or CNN have where they just have a three-minute soundbite that they have to ask questions. I get to ask all the good questions that hopefully everyone else wants me to ask and stuff like that. And so it makes for extraordinary podcasts, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm a student of history. I'm a student of stories. And one of the things I realized early on, I, I, I didn't realize, even though I was doing it, collecting stories and being a people watcher, but one thing I really wish I would have learned early on, I didn't learn until I was 50, was that life is about story collecting. It's mm-hmm. about the journey, not the final destination. I fought that for so long. And collecting stories is the fun part of life. Being interested in people and their journeys and what they're doing. And that's the real fabric of life. Because when I'm dead or when I'm sitting on a rocking chair in an old age home, which I'm, I don't know, I'm almost there. <laughs> The things that you look back on in life, I don't look back on million dollar, multi-million-dollar companies I built. I look back on the experiences I had, the stories I had. And that's probably going to be my fading thought, whether I die or go into Alzheimer's, is is those stories. And hopefully, maybe I'll remember yeah. some of them. And that's the richness of your life. Like, every now and then, oh, I'll yeah. remember something. I'll be like, fuck yeah, I fucking <laughs> did that. That's yeah. fucking awesome. And very few people can say that they pull that off. So yeah. that's really the fabric of life to me. Yeah, I, I've i been attempting over probably the last seven years of trying to figure out, okay, how do I use – everyone's using social media. Everyone's using the internet to make money. How do I do that? And and what's my niche in that process? And I've had some starts and stops and, and some major failures and all those kind of things along the way. And when I came up with this idea for this podcast, I went to a close friend and I said, Hey man, because he listens to a lot of podcasts and, and they, I felt like he was probably the most authoritative person on the topic. And I said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? He said, that's you. He said, that's completely you. He said, he said, you meet people and get them to tell you your, their story. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're going to do. You'll be successful at it, regardless of whether you try to fail or not. You're going to be successful because you do that naturally just in life. Mm-hmm. And that, that really hit me. That's like, yeah, I do that. I do meet people and I do ask questions and I do get them to tell, you know, me their story. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what the, that's what it's all about. That's what the podcast is about. Tell me your story. Come on the show. Yeah. Tell me your story of how you've lived out intentionally something on your list. And it was very interesting because, you know, as, as I'm sure you experienced, you go through this process of really fleshing out what your podcast is going to be and what the purpose is and all those kind of things. And so I started off, I'm like, I'm going to have the same questions for everybody. I'm going to ask everybody the same questions. And the final questions that I ask are, what's the next thing you're going to cross off your bucket list and what's, um, and what's most important on your bucket list. And I didn't realize how important those questions were going to be mm-hmm. to the podcast because the people I have, they're, I don't have the same caliber of guests as you have on your show. I have average people and people that are trying to do something in the world, but, but you know, not real well-known names. And I found that through just discussing their story of the, what the, the item they crossed off is that listeners tell me that, oh, I got invested in this person. And so when you got to that point where you said, what's the next thing on your list? And it could be completely different. It should be completely different than what we just talked about. 
I wanted to know. I wanted to know what this person, what the next thing was that they wanted on your list. And hopefully that's where the empowering and, and it comes in to, to when people listen to the show is that they see everyday people, average people have made choices and intentionality of saying, I'm going to live this out. I'm not just going to dream about it. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, we, we all learn from each other, um, regardless of our experience or status in life. And we all have lessons that we can share. And, you know, I mean, that's the one thing I I learned about life is that everybody has the journey. Everybody has a story. I remember watching CNN's uh, Larry King back in the day. And uh, he said one time in an interview that he was really interested and curious about people and life. And so when he would meet people on a plane, when he meet people anywhere, he'd want, he'd want to understand what their journey was. What, what motivated you to do this? Uh, like I'm asking you, what motivated you to do what you do? And there's lessons there. So did you sit down with a scientific, any sort of study? I mean, uh, on, on how do you build a bucket list? Let, let's kind of touch on that a little bit. How sure. do you build a bucket list? What sort of resources do you use to, to build it? And how do you know what you should put on it, I guess, for someone who's never gone down that road? Yeah, I think it's a different experience for everybody. I actually have multiple bucket lists. I have a general oh, wow. one. I have a general one. I have place one where I, where I, where I want to go to places. I also have uh, a concert list of bands mm-hmm. that I want to see before I die. I mean, so I've got different lists and that's okay. It's, it's the kind of thing where it's everybody's list is different. If I was suggesting to someone, one of the key factors is what are you already doing? What are you already enjoying? What do you already like? What, you know, what for me, I, like I said, I'm a professional wrestling fan. So I want to, so I want to go see a Lucha Libre triple A match you know, card in Mexico City, right? Uh-huh. And I could, I could go to Mexico City and only do that and I'd be good. I want ringside seats for a WrestleMania. I, I've been to a WrestleMania, which is WWE's biggest show of the year. I've been to a WrestleMania. I've seen every single one since number three, either oh. live or on TV, but I've never, I want to be ringside. I want to sit ringside and do that. Right. That's because, because those are things. So I could create a bucket list just about wrestling if that's what I wanted to do. And I think that's where people need to start. So what is the, what am I already interested in? What do I already like? It could be cooking. Right. It, mm. it's some, somebody says, I'd like to be a better cook. Okay, great. Write down the, the top 10 recipes that you want to learn how to cook. I, I want to, I've interviewed someone that drove Route 66. They always wanted to, they always wanted to go on Route 66. So wow. they did, they did that. A very popular one is crossing off all 50 states. I've got 48 down. I got two more to go and I'm hopefully going to get those done this year. Wow. Um, but, but really just saying, what is it that you're already interested in that you already like? I think for me, because of all that trauma that I went through, I actually sat down and forced myself to write it out. So, so that's one of the things that you have to do. You're never going to, if it's in your head, you're never going to get it out. You're never going to, you're never going to say, Oh yeah. So I actually wrote out a list and put it on my mirror. So I saw it every day and said, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And cross I like this. Sorry. Can I interrupt you? No problem. I, I like this idea. I never thought out of the box on this where you could have, where you can have multiple bucket lists. I never thought oh, of the yeah. box. And I was like, there's always one. I'm going to compile it somehow. But no, that's brilliant. You can have multiple ones. How, how do you keep from freaking out if you're not getting towards it? Or do you prioritize them? <laughs> yeah, I think it's there's different ways to prioritize it. You can prioritize the things that don't take a lot of money and don't take a lot and start that way on your list. If you created a list like learning a recipe, that wouldn't take a lot of energy or time or finances to get the ingredients and to do a recipe. 
walking the Camino takes a lot of money and a lot of time. And in the middle of a pandemic, there were times where I'm like, I just told myself, I'm going. I don't care if I have to swim and get there. I'm just doing this because it's been on my, it's been on my want list for about 11 years. And I just mm-hmm. finally said, I'm doing this. Excuse me. Damn the part, the pandemic. I'm going to get this done. And so every day I woke up and go, okay, what are the restrictions? What do we need to do? What documents do I need to have? What, you know, what is it going to take? How are the conditions there? Is there housing? Are they going to, is there going to be restaurants open? All that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I just was like, I'm doing this. I'm going to do this. Whatever happens, whatever the conditions are, I'm going to do it and it's going to be what it is. And so I think there is that determination of taking that first step. And for me, the Camino was buying the plane tickets, right? I bought them almost 10 months in advance. And it's like, okay, I'm going. I just spent $1,400 to go to Spain. I'm going. I can't get out of this really. So, So I think it's just deciding what it's going to be and take that first step. And people can take small steps, crossing things off and uh, don't take a lot of money, don't take a lot of time and work your way up if that's what you need to do. Some people just need to jump right in like I did and say, I'm doing this thing. And it's big and it's a hairy, audacious goal, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it, whatever it takes. There you go. Well, this has been an awesome discussion, man. Give us your plugs one more time so people can find you on the interwebs. Sure. You can find me on Instagram at crosser.offer. You can find me at Facebook at the Crossing It Off podcast, uh, which I highly recommend because you can now listen to the podcast on Facebook, uh, on the mobile app, and anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can download the show. And yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. We certainly appreciate it, Roger. Thanks, Chris. I'm glad I was here. Thank you, and thanks to my audience for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss. See your big group on LinkedIn, uh, the LinkedIn newsletter, Twitter, Instagram, all those places the crazy kids are playing these days. Thanks for being here. Stay tuned for our next shows, and we'll see you guys next time.